Welcome everyone to the Rest Podcast, where our goal is to help each and every one of you displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease in order to heal and find significance in life. I am your host, Natalie Williams, and I am here with the author of The Reconstitution Method for Healing and Rest, Virginia Dixon. Good morning, Virginia. It is a rainy day here at the villa. Good Good morning, morning. Natalie. (laughs) Thank you for coming. You're welcome. I know you look so comfy. I know you've been dealing with a cold lately that's been going around, but we have had some very interesting things happen both at rest and of course, just in our spheres of influence. And we've had a lot of conversations surrounding just the sovereignty of individuals, the sovereignty of nations, and specifically just the amount of chaos that's happening in our nation right now. And we're seeing it manifest in the people around us. And so that's what we wanted to talk about today. Mental health is and always has been very near and dear to my heart because I always saw the mind as the function of the soul and the brain as the mechanism that runs the body. Mm -hmm. But it certainly gets its information and its marching orders from the mind, the heart, the will, the conscience, right? Mm -hmm. And then those things that are obvious, a threat to us, like a bear or an assault, right? The brain takes over immediately and overrides everything to save the life of the body. Yeah. There's some things I I just think are necessary to mention as we end this month where we celebrate love Mm -hmm. and everything love represents. And just very specific narratives that continuously come to the forefront of our classes. Yeah. And of the clients that seek out our advice because they've tried everything else. Yeah. How to survive the confusion, the chaos, the disease that they find themselves in. And obviously many times it's actual disease. It's actual stage four cancer and autoimmune diseases that are debilitating and whatnot. Yeah. Nevertheless, I think there are some very specific stories and some very specific narratives that are so consistent, Natalie, and universal that we can't neglect them, especially since our listening audience is between the ages of 22 to 44, 47. Yeah, just about. Yeah. So with that, I do want to address the obvious. We are in an absolute national and international and global state of confusion, chaos, and dis-ease. And we can see that something is seriously wrong. Whether you want to talk about the Grammys, the Super Bowl, and fields of entertainment Mm -hmm. and spheres of influence, or our designers, Valenciaga, and many others that have followed suit. And what's happening in these pockets that are instrumental in art, music, design, whatever, to the shape culture, right? Yeah. They influence our lives. And we see that there's these things that are being exposed that are beginning to explain why I feel the way I do, why I think the way I do. Certainly one of the latest and not a new narrative is TikTok mm-hmm. and how it's owned and run by the Chinese government and the impact it's having on an entire generation. Yeah. Primarily, one of the most shocking things I think that I found out about is they allow certain information and promote and advance certain information to our youth 
and in our nation and probably other nations as well, but they prevent their youth and their demographic to have access to the same information. And so we have to take all these things into consideration. Who's entertaining us? Who's dressing us? Who's influencing Mm -hmm. the entertainment and the design and the narratives and the way we're getting information? Yeah. 76% of the demographic in this country has abandoned ship and no longer listen to conventional news outlets. Mm -hmm. Why? Because the confusion, the chaos, the disease, and the misinformation has caused people to look for information elsewhere. Yeah. And it speaks to the beauty of the resources that we have contained within our very anatomy to reason. Yeah. Something is desperately wrong. Mm -hmm. But I think the thing, Natalie, that comes near and dear to my heart as we end February and we celebrate what love is and isn't. This is very personal. It is. What we're about to discuss is personal. And I'd say we'll begin with this. Yeah. A few weeks ago, there was an incident, two, three weeks ago now, maybe even a month, there was an incident that with someone that was very near and dear to your heart. But it's not unlike what we often see in the office. And it's this narrative that keeps continues to be repeated. Yeah. And it had to do with somebody who crumbles right before your eyes and nobody knew what happened. Yeah, it was a, a total flip from a day, like one day she's perfectly happy, bright, vibrant, she's on top of the world to the next day she's saying that she's having suicidal thoughts. And for it to be that drastic, it just made no sense. So she came home early from work. She was telling her husband, this is what I'm going through. And she decided that she was going to go and see her therapist that night to talk up these things through. I'd like to just give context for oh, a yeah. minute mm-hmm. while you're telling the story. Very, very, very complex early childhood developmental oh, history yeah. on her own from an unreasonably young period of time and has really just been on her own most of her life for all intended purposes. So there's some complex family systems there. So that propensity to comply and control and just really vacillate back and forth Mm -hmm. between all the attachment styles is something this sweet, beautiful girl, I might Mm -hmm. add, has always tried to navigate. So I just wanted to give context for what you're saying. Oh yeah. She's, she's definitely gone through a lot in her life and has been focused on building herself up ever since then. And so we get a call within 10 minutes that she started her appointment with her therapist. Her husband gets a call saying that she needs to be placed on a 5150 hold and he freaks out. So he called my fiance and I, we went with him to go pick her up. And the whole time I'm thinking, you know, this is totally a spiritual attack because it made no sense for her to go from one state of being to another that fast. And so we go there to pick her up and, you know, we're thinking, oh, we're going to have to take her to this facility. We're praying over the situation. We even talked to you. You talked to her husband, encouraging him to step in as the authority, you know, as her husband. As an advocate. As an advocate. Yeah. To really ask questions, see what it is that she wants to do, give her control, ask questions of the therapist. So we get there and this is what dumbfounded me was that we didn't pick her up from the therapist's office. We picked her up from the parking garage. I thought that that was really strange. And as soon as her husband walked up to ask questions of the therapist and to his wife, the therapist just left. 
And I don't know what was said or what was asked. I was not involved in that. We wanted to give the two of them their space and be able to talk. But the therapist just left. And I'm going, what in the world is happening? You know, you would think, I mean, maybe it was a liability thing. And I'm not saying that, you know, all therapists are like this. I don't believe that at all. I'm sure that they're a great therapist, including your daughter. I'm glad you said that. This is not a commentary on an institution, nor is it a commentary on therapists, because I will say there are excellent, excellent therapists. My daughter, I believe, being one of them. Yeah. Nevertheless, the way the situation was handled compounded the confusion, the chaos, and the disease. Absolutely. But it just seemed, just the air about it just seemed as though she had just washed her hands. It compounded, right? The confusion, the chaos, the disease, not only for her, but now her husband and all those involved. Absolutely. And honestly, considering the fact that we prayed over the situation, I actually think that that was one of the effects of that was that whatever was going on with the therapist which I think that she was confused and I think that she was going through her own chaos which is why she decided like you know what I'm at the end of my rope I don't know what to do with this because if it is a spiritual matter most therapists are not trained to deal with something on the spiritual level so well they're overwhelmed too I want to say they're overwhelmed and conventional training doesn't prepare them and to their credit, they're limited by many personal convictions they might have. Yeah. They're limited by the licensing board as to things they can discuss, things they can't discuss. And they're trained to follow protocol. And the yeah. protocol was not that it's ever acceptable to take a suicidal patient to a parking lot to meet. And then abandon them. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. Because yeah. that's, that's what it looked like. And I'm going, she's just adding to what's happening with my friend. Mm-hmm. So anyway, my friend started talking to me and her husband and saying, I don't want to be placed on a 5150 hold. That's not what I'm here for. That's not what I came to talk to her I about. I just felt like I was drowning. Huh? Yeah. I just felt like I was drowning and I was overwhelmed. And I, I can't, I can't even really express these emotions that I'm going through. And she decided, you know, I just want to go home. I just want to go home. Well, sometimes, Natalie, it comes back to what I just said therapists that's their resource that's their go-to it's going to be medication if they're licensed to dispense it Mm -hmm. or reporting them and to an institution but some great things developed from this dark situation yeah so after getting her home we had talked to virginia and made arrangements to get her into the office to speak with virginia both her and her husband and just reason through what had just happened. And it was crazy to see her walking in. And she had been crying for two straight days. So she walked in, her eyes puffy, face red. She walked out and you could tell that she was exhausted. But at the same time, there was like a spark that was relit within her. And I'm like, oh, like there it is. You know, she came in again two days later after having rested and everything and processed the first meeting because that was intense. Yeah, it was intense from what I, you know, could recognize just with the look on her face. But she came in again two days later and her entire countenance had changed. Mm-hmm. And there was a, like a whole other level. She's a beautiful girl, but there was a whole other level of beauty that was just radiating from her. And that little spark was now like a flame in her and she just it was the only thing i can express is like she had this light about her i'm like see like that that is why we do what we do and she's been going to again to therapy for 10 plus years she's told me before because this is not her first experience with rest that she learned more in a day of rest with you than she has in the 10 years of therapy Mm -hmm. we hear that all the time yeah she resolved more as well with you than she has in those 10 years of therapy so I think that that was a huge shift for her. 
as far as I know, she has not had thoughts like that since. And it even seems like the relationship that she's had with her husband has even changed a little bit. Well, I talked to her this morning because I didn't want to discuss this situation without her consent. Right. And without permission. But I'll tell you, Natalie, we both looked at each other. Everybody in the office looked at each other and thought we can't quit. Yeah. We just can't quit. We can't stop inspiring, instructing, equipping, and motivating people to step into a place of rest because we all need to be equipped Mm -hmm. and trained to displace confusion, chaos, and dis-ease, not just in our lives, but in the lives of those we love. The situations we're facing right now are of a global scale Mm -hmm. and they're not going to go away. Yeah. So we need to help each other learn help each other apply Mm -hmm. and trust that these principles are congruent with laws of nature that are self-evident and will appeal to your natural affections. Mm -hmm. The most fundamental law of nature is I want to live. Yeah, I'm depressed. I don't know how I'm going to take my next breath. Yeah. But this girl wants to live. That's why she went to see her therapist. Mm -hmm. That's why she said, I feel like I'm drowning and I'm having these suicidal thoughts that it doesn't mean send me off. Yeah. To the next person, it means I'm not well. I need to unwrap things mm-hmm. that I don't understand. Yeah. Look, the mental health community is doing everything they can with what they have. Mm-hmm. I'm just, and I'm not wanting to undermine that. I'm just saying as individuals that sometimes don't have access to anything other than an institution, drugs, and or a psychiatrist. Yeah. I just want you to pause for a second and at least Take a listen to things that you maybe can learn that you didn't know, Mm -hmm. things perhaps that you know that you can now understand, Mm -hmm. and some things you have a deep understanding about, but perhaps we can help you realize how you already know them. That first day that they came into the office, I use technologies, I have resources to help you understand that your body's just speaking to you, and there is some debris that we need to flush out and it wants out, but it can't do it without your consent. Yeah. And so it's an opportunity to decompress the central nervous system a little bit, right? Mm -hmm. Because she's wanting help. Yeah. So her will's engaged. And as we go through the process and use the Zydo system, for example, and a lot of other things, that she's the one that directed her own healing, not Mm me. I just facilitated what she was trying to accomplish. I kind of liken it to labor pains, to be honest with you. Yeah. I think when we're depressed and when we're anxious, our body's crying out for help. And it's indicating something is wrong. I'm not well. And you hear me say this all the time, and people have heard me say this for a decade, when I'm hearing the most horrific things, I, I tend to say, oh, good. Oh, good. I know yeah. you're loud. <laughs> and yes. people are shocked, but I don't realize, I'm not saying it in the context they're receiving it. Yeah. I say, oh, good, because you're listening to your body. You're able to identify what's wrong. That, for me, is an open door into your soul. Mm-hmm. And I have resources to help you flush out those things. And not just me. Many people like me out there have resources to help you flush that out. Yeah. I'm not diagnosing. I'm not treating. I'm not curing. 
anything. Yeah. You're giving me all the information. You're listening to yourselves. I'm just showing you where the debris is and I'm helping your body flush it out. Much mm-hmm. like a doula helps a woman who's giving birth. So I basically just facilitate what your body is kind of doing naturally. Yeah. But we've been conditioned to think that we need to forfeit or we need to become facilitators in the life of our children, our spouses, our friends, mm-hmm. our loved ones. And nothing could be further from the truth. We need to come alongside of them and help them accomplish what their body's already telling them they have to do. Yeah. And that is something is really wrong in between my spirit, my soul, and my body. And I feel like I'm drowning. Yeah. But if, if people and professionals aren't trained in how to help people facilitate that outside of medication, outside of sending them to a psychiatrist, outside of being medicated, or outside of institutionalizing them, then we're going to be paralyzed yeah. to act. Well, and unfortunately, society teaches us that, you know, going to, to a psychologist or going to a therapist, that that is something that is, is natural and necessary. And I don't think that it is natural. I think that it is ingrained in us due to society and i mean we can go into the whole big pharma thing and you know that's a whole other conversation but i think it goes along exactly with what you said you know my friend was the one who she knew exactly what she needed and she just needed the same help that a woman in labor needs yeah the same maybe support yeah or the same i don't know information yeah the same tools, the same resources, the same, I don't know, comfort, perhaps, yeah. that a woman in labor needs yeah. to give life to a new thing. Yeah. Boy, haven't we watched that in her life? Yeah. I just hung up the phone with her, by the way. As you know, I was going to call her and ask permission to discuss this. And it was really interesting. She said, I can't tell you how happy and how excited. It's like I got a new lease on life. Mm-hmm. I didn't give it to her. Mm-hmm. I didn't give her anything. I just helped her come into alignment with her spirit, her soul, and her body and learn to trust. There was such early childhood infringement trauma where trust was violated in in probably one of the most violent ways I've heard in a long time. Yeah. And where home just wasn't safe. And God bless her parents. They did the best they could with what they had. But the fruit of it was she just really didn't trust herself yeah, and didn't develop that I can and I will because that path was never shown to her. Yeah. So it was just incredible. Now she's an adult. She doesn't have the anatomy, the physiology and the emotional constitution of a child. Mm-hmm. Although she was stuck right in those moments of crisis yes. in her emotional age, perhaps yeah. psychological age, her biology is in her 20s. So she was able to fuse those parts together very quickly and step into measures of freedom. Look, we're still working together. We're still, but we have coursework, as we always say. We have so many things online to facilitate these transactions. And then I meet with people for two hours every other week to facilitate the discussions. And some amazing things are coming in the next six months. But there's tools and resources that we have out there to help you learn to love yourself and each other well Mm -hmm. and displace the confusion, the chaos and the dis-ease that is among us. It is not going away. These situations, these stories, the confusion, the chaos, the disease is going to accelerate 
and we can live in peace and step into freedom in the midst of very dark situations. And it's to that end that I just wanted to do this segment and a shout out to everyone. You're not alone. Mm -hmm. We're made for community. Mm -hmm. We can't go at it alone. Yeah. But if after we think and we take facts and information and all the pieces, right, starting with our own anatomy and physiology and our spiritual constitution into account, Mm -hmm. after you think, Repent, by the way. That's what the word repent means. And you can turn. You have the capacity to make adjustments, to make changes, to step into freedom. It's just an amazing thing to witness. And once you learn how to identify the confusion, chaos, and disease without shaming yourself and attacking yourself and believing a bunch of lies about yourself, then you can become incredible instruments of reconciliation, both in your life and in your sphere of influence. Absolutely. And something, just a thought that I want to kind of end on, and I think that you'll have comments for this, Virginia, as well, is I heard this a while back, but when you think of depression or depressed, think of it as deep rest. Oh, I like that. Yeah. It's your body telling you that you need deep rest. And Jim Carrey actually made a comment on depression because he struggled with it for many years. And he said that the conclusion he came to about depression was that it is your body telling you that it is tired of playing this character that you have created for yourself in the world. And it's you not being true to who you are. It's a it's a facade that you've been playing. Wow. That is a segment you need to play, by the (laughs) way, because your soul Your body's exhausted, but your mind, your heart, your will, your conscience, by the way, Mm -hmm. that has the capacity to exercise value and judgment is trying to have a voice in this narrative we call life and through the pilgrimage we call life in time, right? So that's what's happening. So that is what deep rest but your body has to go into a deep rest so your central nervous system and everything doesn't override the voice of your soul yeah you're right i did have something i wanted to say i knew you would (laughs) (laughs) but that was a beautiful setup yeah and the thing about the body too i mean it's amazing how god created us it's just incredible you know if you don't take the time to rest yourself and you don't set aside that time to reflect and to reconcile things that are going on within your body. Your body will force you to rest, to give yourself the space and the time to do so. And a lot of times we see that come out as sickness or disease that seems to come on like out of nowhere. One third of your constitution, which is your body, mm-hmm. cannot carry the other two thirds for an entire lifetime. No. You're a spirit working through a soul in the body. Yeah. If the body is left to carry the weight of everything, mm-hmm. it's sooner or later it's going to crumble. Yep. Thank you, Natalie. Thank you, Virginia. All right, everyone. We have a live day of rest happening on March 4th in Newport Beach. Registration is already open on the website, so use the promo code REST in all uppercase to receive a 10% discount. We would love to see you there. For updates about rest and this podcast, please visit our Instagram or Facebook, The Place of Rest. If you'd like more information about Virginia or to support and join the cause of rest, please go to virginiadixon.com forward slash collaborate or call 949-289-5935. Thank you for listening to Rest with Virginia Dixon. We'll see you next week.